Hey guys, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, a podcast about mental health and astrology. Have you guys ever had a bad day or felt so anxious to the point where you are struggling to find yourself in this vast society we call life? Not to worry, guys. I have felt this way too. The podcast interviews guests from college students to parents and even experts that talk about their journey to where they are in the present moment. So sit back and relax and remember that you are not alone. Without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to send you guys a very brief and very special message here. First, I just want to say thank you guys that have followed the show and have rated the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also on any other listening platform. I appreciate you guys and your support tremendously. As a way to give back to the listeners tuning into the podcast, I have announced last week that I am starting a giveaway. So the giveaway item is a daily planner where you can set goals and set priorities. And there's also a special other giveaway item that will not be announced. It's like a special little gift for everybody. There's three ways to enter to this contest. So the first way, you guys must follow the podcast on all social media platforms. And you can do that by clicking on the follow or subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you listen. The second way is after you follow to rate the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And the third way is to share the podcast to one to two friends, relatives or whoever about the podcast. If you guys do any of those three things, please just send screenshots to your spiritual best friend at gmail.com. And again, all the information will be in the show description. But winners will be announced in mid-June. So I hope you guys tune in. And please, guys, share the podcast to the people that are around. And who knows? I will announce the winner. And it's two very lovely items. But for now, this is Josh, your favorite spiritual best friend, signing off. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain it's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcast gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcast, 
It's a great way to get cash. And best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode talks about the story of Megan Onan. Megan shares her journey from struggling to open up in an old school Catholic household in Mississippi to becoming an award-winning author, keynote speaker, and vulnerable storytelling expert. You can check out all of Megan's work by clicking in the links in the show description to all her books and all that fun stuff. Megan really has a passion for helping people and getting people to open up and tell their story. Like always, guys, you can check out the podcast by liking, subscribing to it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Megan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Megan, Megan, what's going on and what what are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I just filled out a natal chart report for you and I'm really interested to see where that's going to take us. So uh, yeah, just excited to have a conversation today. Of course. And and I will say again, Megan, thank you for being patient and filling out the natal charts and stuff for for our podcast listeners. Uh, I always have my guests fill out their natal charts. So that way we can discuss astrology a little bit at the end. Um, but the website is Cafe Astrology. So if you guys are ever interested to learn more about your chart and stuff, it's all fun and it's free. So it's perfect. I just want to give a little shout out before we really get into it. Um, but Megan, I wanted to say again, thank you for coming on, reaching out, wanting to be on this podcast. And pretty much when it comes to this podcast overall, I really like to start the guest with like just a simple question. So like when it comes to like work and passions and stuff like that, what do you like to do for work and what are you really passionate about? Oh, that's a great question. It's a good way to get to know someone too. Um, I, uh, I've been a writer and speaker and coach for 14 years now. I'm in the middle of finishing up my third book and um, kind of deep in the revision process. So I'm really passionate about writing and um, I'm also a a speech coach. So I work with professional speakers and uh, write scripts, get them ready for the stage, do all the aspects of speaker coaching. And then I also do keynote speaking of my own. So my books and my speaking are kind of the same message around the, the message of the power of vulnerable storytelling and how that plays such an important role in um, connecting with others. So those are, you know, storytelling, vulnerable storytelling, writing, speaking. Those are my passions. They're my profession. It's what I do each and every day. And I feel very fortunate to get to do each one of those. Well, Megan, I I will say like, I, I really like I really like what you're doing. Like it's definitely great and it definitely can be powerful. I know you mentioned a lot about like vulnerable speaking and stuff and being able to share and open up like your own story and how that, how that's able to like connect others and bring others together. Like, I I definitely think that's a really good, and I think more people need to do that because we're human 
at the end of the day, you know, and we're able to connect with each other if we're able to open up with each other. Um, and that just leads me right to my next question. So I know you mentioned like you've written a couple books. You're on your third book now. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me the thought process because I know each book has like a vision or has like a story behind it. Yeah. Um, so if you can tell me like what really goes through your head when you are like writing the books, like <laughs> between the first, second and third one. Oh gosh. Well, the first one was in 2008 and it was called uh, Creating Your Heaven on Earth. And I was actually in a really bad relationship when I wrote that book. So I feel like it was like my calling out to God, the universe, whatever you want to call it to, to like, I wanted happiness so bad that I was writing about what I wanted. And eventually, you know, it got me out of that relationship. So that was really more of a, a deep belief in what I knew was true and like a calling out and trying to call it into my life. So that was the first one. The next one was um, called Courage. Agreeing to disagree is not enough. And I think that might be more applicable now (laughs) with the time we're in. Um, But at the time, it was around when, you know, LGBTQ marriage rights, gay marriage rights were, that was the, the hot topic, the discussion. It was the year that I got married. And I was just really tired of the, um, the back and forth, the debating, the you're right, I'm wrong, you're wrong, I'm right, whatever. You know, it was just, I was really sick of that back and forth. And so that was more of a calling out too. Like, I don't want to be in this space. This is who I want to be. And so I wrote it from this place of not only sharing my story and telling my story of coming out in Mississippi, but also as a, as a, you know, an invitation to others, like, hey, we can have a conversation and not argue about the things that we might disagree on, but we can get to know each other still as human beings. And so that was a calling out as well. So this one, the one I'm writing now is called held and free and it's a memoir and it's really based around the power of storytelling. Like I was talking about earlier. And so for me, this is just an opportunity to share every single part of my story up until now and how I've evolved from like, you know, this very insecure person in the world who wanted wholeness and happiness and all of the things it took to get to a place where I feel like I have a really strong foundation as a human being now. And so this is more or less kind of a letting go for me. This book is, is just an opportunity to write it all down and like own it and just keep moving forward. So each has had its own, you know, special moment for me. And it's interesting. They've all been written like, it seems like I write a book every seven years. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really cool, Megan. And I will say, cause like, I always like to ask that question, especially with writers, because like, there's definitely like a vision. There's something that's like inspiring you to, to write down these thoughts and write down like stories, you know, so that way people can read it and learn something new. And I can only imagine for you, like growing up in Mississippi, you know, especially like the culture, down there can be very like very like old school white man Christian you know like mm-hmm. um, for me I grew I grew up Catholic so like it, it was too. a lot of just like strict standards so mm-hmm. I completely as I was like hearing like your story I know you reached out to me I was like yeah like I can definitely I definitely resonate in many aspects when it comes to that yeah um but for you but for you I know you mentioned like in your last answer like uh, one of your books like you really had to like open up and be able to like let go. Um, cause I know you mentioned like you had a lot of insecurities growing up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then my next question, just building off of that, like, how were you able to overcome your own insecurities growing up in Mississippi, obviously, and being able to open up, you know, and really take that next step to help grow within yourself? 
That's a great question. And it really, you know, like my insecurities, yeah, I, I was raised Catholic too. And so a lot of my insecurities growing up were just not feeling like I fit in to that view of God and just being really uncomfortable with not sure what to do about it because I wasn't exposed to anything different. I mean, the other alternative was to go to a Baptist church. And, you know, while that was very different, the mindset was similar in a way. And so there wasn't an outlet outside of Christianity for me to even explore, to even know that there was something more. And so um, I didn't come out of the closet until my senior year in college. And I was a two-sport athlete at Mississippi State. And it was a very traumatic experience where my spiritual community was um, basically just, you know, completely judge me and push me out. And then I had a hard time with my family. And so that was really the defining moment moment for me where it was like, okay, I don't fit into any of the boxes here. You know, first of all, I'm not straight. I don't, I, this Christian thing isn't working for me because everyone's telling me I'm going to hell and I'm not worthy and I'm, you know, uh, that I'm less than. And so there was all of these messages that pushed me out of Mississippi and I ended up leaving for a long time so that I could, you know, find some source of self-worth through understanding what I believed and also like finding a way to be okay with who I am as a gay woman. And so it took that, that length of time of being gone before deciding to come back, I came back to Mississippi in 2010 and have been back here for 12 years. So a lot of my own insecurities and self-worth were giving myself some space to identify what those were and like wrap my head around like, okay, who am I? And then coming back here and actually putting those ideals and beliefs into action, which was, has been a really hard journey because it meant being very open about who I am because I didn't want to hide, you know, behind closed doors anymore. And so like simple things like, uh, this is my wife or this is my partner were hard to say. And so like those little wins constantly, and just constantly exposing myself and sharing my story throughout the years in the media, on stages, in the news, and, um, you know, in conversations with Catholic priests and Baptist ministers. And just there have been so many things that have happened over the last 12 years that have helped me kind of get to this place where I feel like, okay, this is who I am. I'm okay. And I feel like a whole person now. And I'm grateful for my life every single day, but it took all those little baby steps over the years of just constantly letting myself be seen and showing up. And then I tell people all the time, it's hard. Every time I do it, it's still hard, but over the course of time, it got easier. And that's what built my confidence and, and helped me get out of my insecurities. And that's why I'm so passionate about storytelling because without sharing my story, I would not be where I am today. Yeah, definitely, Megan. And I want to say again, firstly, like just power to you, you know, for real, for recognizing within yourself, like, hey, like I need to take a step back and I really need to find myself in this society, you know, because I can only imagine, you know, you you grow up and you're taught certain things, you know, you're, you're taught a certain way and you're not resonating to what you're being taught, you know, like you're not really like there's something inside of you, you know, like you're not really like your whole self. Yeah. So power to you for taking those steps, you know, to to, to take on something new, find yourself in this society, you know, and then I can only imagine like coming back 
to Mississippi, you know, after like, you know, like you took time to really find yourself, you know, I can only imagine how hard that must have been for you to to go back into the same community that once like disowned you pretty much, you know, like, like I can only imagine how hard that must have been on you. So I wanted to just really just give you a shout out for that as well, because I know a lot of people, a lot of people in society, you know, like we, we're, we're born, you know, we're raised in like a certain culture or environment that might not resonate to us. And it's important for us to recognize that and to, and to take the step and to move on from that. So that way we can really be our, our real selves. Yeah. And find out um, who that is. I mean, I don't think it would have been possible for me to really identify those things, those things if I had not gotten outside of the pressure, the constant pressure of a certain way of thinking. So it was absolutely key to, to moving forward for me. I mean, I'm glad I came back. I didn't want to come back initially. It was one of those things like I felt called to come back because I knew I didn't know, but there was so much more healing for me to do and so much more work for me to do in myself and in my relationships with my family members and, you know, in Mississippi. And there was just so much ahead that was calling me forward and I didn't want to do it, but I was like, I have to do it. It's one of those moments like you, you know, you have to do it. You're not quite sure why, you know, you don't want to, but you know, you have to. Uh, yeah, definitely, Megan. And and I, I did listen to one of your talks like over the past like couple weeks. And I know you mentioned something about how like it's all like a, it all comes full circle. Like, like you, you start off in the community where there were like a lot of like disownment and stuff. You didn't really feel like yourself. You, you, you took time, you found yourself, you know, and then you had, like you said, like that spiritual calling, you yeah. know, to come back, to come back. And it, and it kind of comes like all full circle. Yep. Um, so that, that leads me right to like my next question. I know you mentioned a lot about like effective storytelling mm-hmm. um, for you, like, like how does someone become really like an effective, like storyteller, like based off of like your experience? Well, for me, I really focus on personal narrative. So when I'm working with like a, a speaker, like a professional speaker, or if I'm going to be speaking, I focus on a personal story for that person. So telling other stories about other people can be effective. I mean, don't get me wrong on that, but I think the most effective form of change is telling personal stories because it's healing for the speaker and it's healing for the people who are listening. And for me, the most important piece of a good story is that vulnerability aspect, that authenticity aspect, that um, that point of reference gets hit. Because without it, I feel like we're missing that emotional connection with each other that actually transforms the way we see each other. So to me, if you're missing that piece, then you're missing the whole point of connection. So that's what I preach. And that's what I teach people is how to tell a story effectively using vulnerability as a tool to not only connect to yourself, but to connect to the people you're telling the story to. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Megan. And and I definitely agree, like that vulnerability aspect, it, again, like we mentioned a little bit before, like it really brings us all together. Like we're all human, you know, we all have like that human, we all have a story to tell. Like we all have like moments in our lives where we have experienced events, like anxiety is so common through it's in all of us and Absolutely. some people recognize it. Some people don't. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to recognize moments where we are feeling that way. Yeah. Um, but just like continuing our conversation show so far, I really just wanted to appreciate you. Like obviously sharing like your story, like your journey a little bit. Um, and this leads me right to my next question. So like when it comes to advice, like 
let's say someone is struggling with like opening themselves or struggling to really find themselves, you know, yeah. like what's some, ad- what's some advice that you would give to them to really just help them open up and find Ooh, themselves? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I did, um, and I, and you know, I can only speak to my experience and there's probably, you know, I know there's millions of other ways to do this, but for me, what I did was I was constantly journaling and I was constantly letting myself express myself in that way. And that allowed me to kind of see what was inside of me and what was I feeling and what was I thinking. And that was the one tool that has been consistent for me over the course of all the years that has allowed me to really just dig into what I'm actually feeling. And also I have a really amazing wife who, you know, you know, surrounding yourself with people who support you and see you and aren't going to judge you and let you just feel your feelings, you know, if I'm going through something and I need to cry, I can cry in front of her. And it's really important to have someone to do that with, even if it's a counselor, just someone you trust so that you can open yourself up and see what's really going on. Because I think if you're not experiencing whatever emotions you're having, the true emotions of what they are, it's hard to really see clearly on what you're dealing with. So those are the two things that have been super helpful for me. But like I said, you know, some people like to exercise to kind of get a sense of feeling what's going on inside. Some people like to meditate, you know, some kind of pause of some kind where you can just sit there and and let it bubble up. And we we often avoid that with busyness and social media and all of that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, taking that moment to, to pause, no matter the tool you're using is is I I feel like the only way to do it. Yeah, I I completely agree. I I completely agree, Megan, as well, like taking finding those things, you know, that can really help us ground ourselves and like stay in like the present moment and really like assess like, how are we really feeling today? Like what's going on in our Mm -hmm. body? Um, Like, like you mentioned, I just wanted to add like the term like grounding because I hear that a lot when it comes to like, when I, cause I've interviewed some people with like meditation. I've also like in, cause I'm currently in grad school. So like a lot of my classes, they've talked a lot about this term of like just grounding yourself. Cause as you're experiencing work, as you're traveling, as you're, you know, raising a family, whatever you're doing, you yeah. know, there's so many things that like really just go through, go on throughout the day that we're processing. So taking moments to really just ground ourselves and to really just help us just hit that reset button. So that way we're able to recharge our batteries inside and we're able to help others and continue to do what we do. So I, I think that was a really spot on answer when well, it comes how, to that. What do you do? I'm just curious. What do you do when you need to go oh, yourself? Oh, oh yeah. For me, um, I like, I, I mix it up. So sometimes I'll run cause I, I like to connect with nature. So I'll run outside cool. and um, I, I like to run especially like in like local parks, I like to choose like a different park each time where I run. And then after I, l- I like to journal as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I found, I found journaling to be really helpful for me. Cool. Um, cause especially like, cause it's all, it's all in like how we experience like our lifetime, you know, like what we experience. And for me, like similar to you, like when I'm writing stuff down, I'm able to like express like my inner feelings, like how I really feel. Cause there's been times where like, I have wanted to speak my mind, but I kept it inside because of like resentment or, or all that stuff too. Like, yeah. so like writing stuff down, it really helped me like just get it out. So that way I'm not suppressing my emotions and exactly. then taking it out on other people that don't deserve that, you know? Yeah, it's so, easy to do. Yeah, good definitely. for you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that as well. And, and like I said, like 
this conversation has been it's been really great so far. Very free uh, free flowing and um, just transitioning a little bit. Um, I know you mentioned uh, that you were that you are in a very good relationship now. I know you also mm-hmm. mentioned that like you were in a relationship in the past that was a little bit questionable and stuff. Yeah. Um, relationships obviously are a big part of our lives. You know, we feed off of the people that we surround ourselves with. We're all energy. You know, we feed off each other's energy. Um, what qualities do you really look for in like a friendship or even like a romantic partner? Uh, trust is definitely at the top for me. It's like, I completely 1 million percent do not, uh, question my wife. Like I know she trusts me and I trust her and there's, that's it. Like, and it is the foundation on what we've been together 14 years and it is the foundation of what has kept us where, you know, as strong as we are today. I mean, not to say that we haven't gone through hard times we have, but that foundation of trust allows us to, to like reflect back that, you know, there may be some more inner work that we need to do when we have an issue come up or whatever it may be. So that's number one. Um, let's see. The other one is like when it comes to friendships, I would say, or any, you know, relationship, even if it were my wife or a past relationship or whatever, I think the one thing that I was missing before I met my wife was just like, I was giving more than I was being given to. And I am the same way in friendships that I'm not going to overdo if I'm not being met halfway. Like I, I have a very, you know, there's something that goes off in me when I feel like there's, it's not an equal partnership, relationship, friendship where I take a step back and, or communicate to the other person, like, this isn't working for me, you know, what's going on or, you know, then have that tough conversation. So, you know, those are, those are two important ones is the trust. And then the, you know, am, am I putting in more or is it an equal, you know, energy, exchange, I guess I should say. Um, I think those are the two most important to me and well, obviously communication, but I think communication is embedded in, in the second one. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree again, like, especially like when it comes to trust, like if you, if you're not trust, if you don't have trust in your relationship, your relationship is not, is not going to work because instead of you, you're not going to be able to really focus on what you need to do because you're so focused on your other partner and what they're doing and, and all that stuff too, because that trust is not there. So I, I think trust is definitely an important one. And even the second one too, like when it comes to like, are you putting out the same energy you're receiving, you know, because a relationship should be both partners are both taking moments where they're giving and they're also taking moments where their partner needs them. Right. Again, we're in a relationship. We need to be able to work together and grow together. Yeah. So I, I completely, I completely agree and resonate with both of your, your qualities when it comes to that. Cause I think it's important. Um, a lot of people, I think realizing when there is not trust in a relationship is something that can be very hard because especially you're, you know, you're, you're with someone, you have a lot of feelings that are inside, you know, you're experiencing with this person. And then all of a sudden, like there's moments where like you're, you're worried about what, what, what they're doing or worried about doing this and worried about doing that. And I think identifying that is something that I know in my relationships in the past, I've had trouble identifying that. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, so like you said, just the trust aspect is yeah. huge. Well, and a big part of that trust is being able to express yourself and knowing that it will be received. And if you can't say anything that's on your heart in a relationship, then it may not be the right person. 
because you should be able to say whatever's on your heart and be accepted and loved for it. And they should be able to do the same. It's like if my wife is annoying one day and she's getting on my nerves, like, Hey, you get on my nerves. I'm going to go take some space. Like you should be able to say that and that be okay. You know, like there should be a level of acceptance and trust. She knows I love her dearly and I don't, it's nothing about her. It just means I need some space and I need some time away. And, you know, there's so much power in being able to just express and you don't have to be mean, you know, like you can just say it with absolute like, hey, you know, you're just really bothering me right now. And I know that, no, that means I need some space and, you know, like just that freedom to, to express yourself and, and, and be open and, and honest. It's so important. If you keep holding things in, then that's where you get into trouble. Yes, I, I completely agree. It's like, I, I like to view it as like a, it's like a snowball effect. Like the more stuff you keep inside, the snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Absolutely. And then eventually it crashes and <laughs> yeah. spills everywhere. So. Somebody's going to get hurt <laughs> at some point. Oh, I know. Definitely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, so Megan, just continuing our relationship uh, question, this question, I always ask my guests that come on this. Um, it's a little less serious question. Um, um, it's it, the question pretty much is like, do you have like any like turnoffs on the first date where you would not have a second date? So let's say you're on a date with somebody and they do this and you wouldn't have a second date. Um, a, as you think about it, um, for me, I always like to share this to my guests. Like I used to have like a little test because music for me is very like, it's like my love language pretty much. Like I, I like, if I can connect through music, like I, I, I definitely, you can see like a more like open up with me and stuff. Something about the music. I don't know what it is. Um, but that was like my little test. I would hand the people I'm on a date with the aux chord. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like say anything. I just be like, here's the aux chord. And depending on what they played was my little test. Was it a little toxic? Probably. But, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but for you, Megan, like, uh, when it comes to turnoffs and stuff, do you have like any, did you used to have any tests or anything no, like that? Or No, <laughs> I, you know, I haven't dated in 14 years, so um, I'm a little far removed from that, but I can imagine, you know, like when I'm meeting new people, you know, for friendships or whatever, I mean, that's really the gauge I have to go off right now would be like, you know, are they only focusing on me in my story or, or are they sharing themselves too? Like, is there an exchange of communication where we're both being open and to me, that's what resonates the most. And if and if they're not wanting to be open with me at all about after I've been very open, then, you know, that's that's kind of, it's not a fulfilling thing for me. It's like, I want that exchange of like, I want to give and I want you to give. And so, you know, it's a little bit harder for me to like want to build a friendship with someone if, if they're so closed off that they don't want to, you know, share a little bit of their life with me. So I just, I really like to engage in meaningful relationships. Yeah. And and I completely agree with that as well. You know, like, like when you are having conversations with people, especially on like the first couple of instances where you're meeting them, like, are you guys vibing? Well, you know, like, is the person being able to open up with themselves? And also like, are you doing that the same? And like, is there like this, like equal, like you mentioned, like energy exchange between the two. So I, I think it's important at the end of the day, you know, when you do meet new people and you are meeting new people to like, are, are to really recognize that, like, are they comfortable with opening up to you as well? Because yeah. if they're not, if they're closed off, you know, it can be, that can be definitely hard to really connect with that person. Yeah. And it just depends on what you're looking for. If, you know, if I was looking for someone to go play basketball with me or do sports stuff with me, I may not care as much, you know, if I just want an activities based friendship, you know, like I'm cool with that. But if I'm really looking for like a friend, 
you know, there's going to be different qualities that I'm looking for. I don't, I don't have to have a deep, meaningful relationship with everyone that's in my life, but I do want to have, you know, some of those because they're super important for, you know, change and growth and being pushed and all that kind of stuff. But I'm cool having people in my life that that's not the case and we can go and do stuff together and hang out and, you know, anyway. Yeah, definitely, Megan. And I will say, like, again, these are this is definitely something to really look for. And it's really good to have when you first are when you first are like meeting new people and stuff. Um, But just tra- transitioning a little bit, I know we talked a lot about like relationships and your journey. And I've really appreciated our conversation so far. It's been great. And I've really enjoyed it. Um, when it comes to astrology, I know you mentioned before we recorded like um, that you that like that your relationship with astrology is a pretty solid one, but that's like, like my first question with you is like, how do you feel about astrology overall? And, and what's your overall relationship with it? I would say it's a very surface relationship. I mean, I'm knowledgeable enough, but not knowledgeable enough to know what I'm talking about. Like um, you can talk to me about things and I'll probably understand. Like I was telling you earlier that when our daughter was born, um, we had her chart read and with an astrologist who, you know, gave us this hour and a half long session of telling us about our daughter and she was so spot on. And so I'm completely open and 1 million percent believe in astrology and its power. It's just not something I've ever been passionate enough to dive into myself and learn more, but I, you know, completely fascinated. So. So like when it comes to your chart, I know, I know I mentioned a little bit about how like your your sun sign and your mercury sign are in the same house and that makes sense when it comes to your chart because you are a libra sun and then your mercury is libra so mercury is planet of communication and obviously your sun sign is who you are to your core so like being a libra you know like it the libra is like the balanced scale you know so that's like what the sign looks like and all that stuff so i can picture you know like finding that balance in everything when it comes to yeah, like absolutely. relationships and and all that stuff i know we, we just talked about like relationships and having like that equal it's energy so yeah. thing. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it makes sense how like the libra qualities are coming out of you when you are like describing like communication aspect and relationships and all that stuff yeah um but when it comes to when it comes to astrology overall um I know you've had like your chart read as as well. Is there has there ever been like an eye popping moment or like as you were getting your chart read, like that really like stood out to you or anything like that? No, I've always just been very aware that balances and communication are very important to me. And so that's been helpful because it helps me realize like that's who I am. Like this is how I'm made. This is important to me and it's okay that it's important to me. So I think more than anything, I think things like this just help you really feel validated and ex- and they, it helps you accept who you are more. So they're such a valuable tool for, you know, anyone to to feel validated and feel like, oh, okay, this is who I am. I'm okay. Like I can keep, you know, those things are important to me and I can keep paying attention to that. Yeah, definitely. And I always like to add, just to add to your point, like astrology, I always like to view it as like another tool in the toolbox to really help right. understand ourselves. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, like, as you're hearing like your chart getting read and as you're learning more, like it's starting to validate like, Hey, like this is really, I, I have had moments where I felt this way or like I need to feel this way. Yeah. Um, so I completely agree. Um, but before we wrap up though, the last thing I always like to have my guest on, I, I, the reason why I asked for all my guests this chart is just because like there's this website called the horoscope.co. It's a good little website where if you're curious to know a little bit about like a, like a, on a basic level about your chart, um, a bunch of people, they teamed up 
and uh, they they do little readings based off of just your sun and moon. Um, your your sun and moon sign. So your sun sign, obviously, who you are to your core. Your moon sign is how you process things emotionally. Um, oh. but, but for you, Megan, um, as I give your little reading, um, just let me know how you feel about it. So for okay. you, Megan, you are a Libra sun, Virgo moon, and it says a creative personality. Idealistic but logical, these people are capable of producing real change in the world positives for your for your Libra Sun Virgo Moon combination expressive gentle and dynamic negatives can be a little bit manipulative at times and can have a little bit of like a, a victimization perfect partner someone who will help them move past difficult life situations and word of advice it's essential for them to try and relax more so as I give your positives, negatives, perfect partner and advice, what are some thoughts that come to mind? Let's go back to the first one. Let's start with each one and go one by one because I can't I can't retain information. <laughs> I'll skip something. So what was the first one? Yeah. So for positives, it was like expressive, gentle and dynamic. Yeah, I would say very expressive, like I need to communicate what I'm feeling and thinking, uh, dynamic. I can fit into any situation and be okay. Like I am an introvert, but I can be a chameleon. And the other one was, what was the other one? Um, so the, the third one was gentle. Gentle. Yes. I would say most people, ex- it, um, when they're talking about me, that's the word they use is calm and gentle. So, uh, yeah. So I those are all, those are right on. All right. So the weaknesses were manipulative and uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and it can be a little bit victimizing at times. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, especially like based on uh, like how I was raised too. Like in a very victim from a my grandmother had a very like victimy way of seeing the world, and so I've worked really hard to not do that. And realizing that you know I'm completely in charge of my life, and um. Yeah. And the manipulative part, I don't really know, you know, like that would have to take someone who knows me better to, I don't know, idea. I've never been called manipulative, but (laughs) you know, I'm a good negotiator, so I can do, I can use those skills for sure. (laughs) I'm a businesswoman. (laughs) So maybe that's where I use those. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's probably where, you know, cause you got to do business. (laughs) It's all good though, again. Um, and, and another point I like to add too is like, as you grow older, obviously like with astrology, like thing, parts of your chart change. Um, there's like, there's like two completely other different charts, but for this podcast, I like to just stay on like, just like the the basic level. No, that's great. Um, But, but yeah, so like some qualities you might resonate more now, but some qualities you're like, "Ah, I don't really see this now, but like, as you grow older, as you experience more things, as you like obviously grow in this society, things in certain aspects of your chart change. Yeah, for um, sure. No doubt. And so the perfect partner was the next one. And that yes. was someone that, um, that I can feel like I can go through the hard challenges and push me to grow yes. and all. Yeah, absolutely. That exact, that explains my wife. Exactly. I was in such a bad space when I met her and it's almost like she grabbed me out of the hole I was in and like pulled me forward into the life I wanted. So she is absolutely that. Perfect. And and then the last one is like advice. So like advice for your sun and moon combination, it says it's essential for them to try and relax more. Oh yeah, definitely. 
I'm a go-getter. I'm a like, you know, uh, I'm much better when I'm pausing and taking a break and, you know, allowing myself to actually go into my creative space and relax. So I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, definitely. And again, like uh, Megan, once we are done, like our recording and stuff, I can I can send you that link as well, because it gives like a more in-depth reading. But just from like a little like gloss and summary, that pretty much what it was. Yeah, that's cool. For, uh, for the reading and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but Megan, I will say I've really enjoyed our podcast. It's been a really great conversation. Where can everybody best check your work at? Um, everything pretty much lives on my website at meganonan.com, M-E-A-G-A-N-O-N-A-N.com. Um, you can find pretty much anything you want to know there. So it's got links to all my social and my books and some speaking engagements and my work and all that stuff. I've got, I've got a blog on there that I post maybe once a month. Um, so yeah, except right now I'm not posting anything cause I'm writing a book. So <laughs> don't expect anything soon. Yeah, I got you, Megan. And all and the link that you just said will be in the show description so you guys can check out all of Megan's work and listen to some of her talks and all that fun stuff. Um, but Megan, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Uh thank you and please stay safe. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>